Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode 227. That is Jeff, the Funeral Commander Harbison. I am Ryan Thogmartin, and this is the Funeral Profession's only weekly news show. Man, do we have a good one today. We have a huge one. Uh, if you are in our profession and you know the name Frank Campbell from New York, we have a very special guest on today that does planning for them. So you don't want to miss this. You want to listen to what Jennifer Muldowney has to say. And speaking of not missing something, we've got a couple things to talk about. But our folks at CNJ, you know what, we're having a ball right now because we are helping so many families realize their dreams. And you know, it's interesting to, to caveat onto Jennifer's that if a family has life insurance, they typically spend 31, 32% more in a funeral. That's the difference between having a memorial service and really a celebration of life. Mm -hmm. So think about that, but let's go ahead and run that promo real quick. We may be the largest insurance assignment company in the funeral profession, but that doesn't mean we've lost touch with our roots. Here in Rainbow City, Alabama, our priorities still come down to a welcoming smile and a handshake that says we keep our promises. With all the tools and technologies that assure blazing fast turnaround, what really matters is much more old school. Personal responsibility, integrity, relationships, and the pride that comes from hearing yet another client say, you came through for us when it mattered. CNJ eliminates the challenges that funeral homes have in processing insurance death claims. If cash flow is vital to your business, welcome home. So, Ryan, I'm excited. We have some big news this week. One of the industry's icon superlatives, our friend, my cigar buddy, great photographer, uh, Mr. Dan Katz is uh, turning in his pencils, if you will. Yes. And uh, he's moving on to another world of his passion of photography and you know, retiring, if you will, from LA ads. I'm sure he'll be sneaking around the halls somewhere uh, bothering someone, but um, Dan, you've been a consummate professional. You've been someone that I've known through my whole career here in the funeral business. And uh, we wish you the very best and want to let you know you make great contributions uh, to our profession as well. For sure. Best of luck to you, Dan, and future endeavors. Dan's been a part of a lot of pretty iconic uh, out-of-the-box campaigns, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he, they've come up with some great stuff, and uh, he's been right at the forefront. So speaking of great stuff, it yeah. <laughs> uh, looks like NFDA is going full bore. We're going to be in Nashville together. Uh, things are getting better. However, we're just coming off another large convention that was done virtually. And uh, once again, from a supplier perspective, uh, well, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, I've had a lot of conversations, obviously, in the last year about the value of the virtual conference. And I think that it was evident. You know, I, I, here, here's what I think the virtual conferences are missing that the associations aren't understanding is as a supplier, do we come to the conference to get exposure? Yes, but that is secondary value. The exposure is great. We want people to know that we exist, yada, yada, yada. But the real value of the exhibits is the one-on-one -on -one connections that we can have with customers and funeral professionals, um, other colleagues, other suppliers, like that one-on-one -on -one connection. Jeff, we've said it a hundred times on the show, the most value 
of a conference happens at the bar than it ever does on the exhibit floor. And that's what is missing from these virtual conferences is the, the there's been a lot of advances in, oh, we can have supplier showcase videos and we can upload videos to our page and have downloads and do all of these things. But if there's not the ability to have the one-on-one -on -one connection and have the conversation easily without having to navigate away from where you're supposed to be, that's that's the puzzle piece that is missing that allows these things to be valuable. And I think that that's been overlooked. Um, you know, I think uh, virtual conferences have done what they can to try to get maximize the opportunities for exposure. Again, there's nothing wrong and bad with exposure, but it's the conversation. If I can't easily communicate with that person virtually in a, in a chat or at reply them like I can on any social network and have this one-on-one -on -one conversation, you, we've now sucked the value out of why we show up to these events. You're right. It's it's engagement, right? It's the yeah. engagement is the key. And interesting, you said something about showing videos and you know an ad or something that comes up. We're already doing that, That's right? right. We, we do that through LinkedIn. We do it through any type of social media out here. We do it through email campaigns. So we have the exposure. It's the engagement that we're after because of that exposure. And so if, if you're doing a virtual conference and you show a video, but you can't engage with the people there or it's difficult, then that negates the entire process. But anyway, so much for that uh, fun conversation. We're getting back into real stuff. I'm going to Wisconsin next month um, for their funeral directors association. So uh, it's warmed up there and uh, I'm going to be able to go anyway. So uh, we have Jennifer Muldowney who's coming on. She's a dear friend of mine. I've known her for years. And uh, she is really passionate about uh, telling the life story. And she's made quite a name for herself internationally. So uh, let's go ahead and roll that interview with Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome back to the Funeral Nation show. You know, I, we were just talking before coming on air, if you will, that uh, I think you were with us a long time ago when we first got started, weren't you? I was, I was. I had a different hat on at that point. Well, different, kind, sort of. Yeah, I was with Eco Legacy back then. That's right. And now you really have uh, continued to evolve in the funeral business, just like you and I were talking. I'm the same way. It just, you know, good things keep coming to those who uh, work at it. Right, Ryan? Is that the part right. of the mantra? And so, Jennifer, um, share a little bit about yourself and reacquaint the funeral nation to your uh, your business, what you do, and we'd love to just chat with you about some of the things that you're experiencing and working on now. For sure, Jeff. Well, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, and it's nice to see um, faces after the hellish year that everybody's been through. And um, this is how we see each other these days. It's great. Um, but yeah, I, I last time I was on with you guys, I was with Eco Legacy. But interestingly, what I'm doing currently, and I'm currently residing in New York, haven't been able to go home to my lovely hometown of Dublin in Ireland in a year and a half, which I know is not huge for a lot of people. But for me, that's I'd probably have been home 10 times. Um, but yeah, I actually, what I'm doing right now, I started 10 years ago in Ireland with farewell funeral planners back home in Ireland and I never stopped doing it. So even when I was with Eco Legacy, I was still always hunting down this idea of a memorial or the new funeral as I'm actually liking to call it because I know, you know, among the funeral community, a funeral is with body and a memorial is without. 
to me, they go hand in hand. And I don't think Joe Public really cares what we call it. Um, so, yeah, I started it 10 years ago uh, called Farewell Funeral Planners back home in Ireland. I was a wedding planner, but for funerals. And it was born out of, like many of us, it was born out of loss. Um, it was, I found myself sitting at two of my friends' funerals. One was 23, uh, one was 28 and gone too soon, of course. And I was dealing with my grief. I was a wedding planner and a party planner at the time, which suits my personality for sure. When people meet me, they're like, funerals, really? Um, but I, yeah, I was obviously dealing with my grief. Logistically, my brain goes to that event planning mode. And then I, like most 20 year olds when faced with their own mortality I was like wait what we we what this is a, this could happen to me this doesn't just happen to old people this doesn't just happen to people who are sick holy feck um, I'm, I'm being a little bit soft there with my cursing but yeah I was it was a huge wake-up call for me so I went home and I did what most people do nowadays and I hit google and I started googling things and I thought okay well if I'm dying um of cancer in hospital like and I don't want to go to a church or I don't want to go to a funeral or I just want to plan it myself because hey I'm a, an event planner how do I go about this and there was nothing absolutely nothing for the Irish market uh, I found lots of statistics on the US and the UK and nothing for Ireland and so very fast forward my book came out my first book how to um, uh, plan a funeral in Ireland uh, farewell say farewell your way and that sort of kicked kick-started it I've since done a TEDx talk worked with many funeral clients I'm now um, creative de- director with Frankie Campbell's here in New York City which if anybody knows anybody in the funeral industry typically Mm -hmm. know of it um and yeah it just honestly uh, it's just gone from strength to strength especially in the last three years and equally with covid yes did my work pause go on pause like everybody else's did um even though i was in the death industry because people were just doing direct cremation they weren't they were worried about covid and survival as opposed to funerals where we couldn't gather and things like that whereas now this year I'm already out the door it's absolutely jam-packed because people are are having memorials on the anniversary of the death of their loved one and yeah as you and I were talking Jeff like it's it's not it's not a party it's not planning a you know it's not dancing on people's graves that's never what it's about I'm not trying to take away the funeral ritual in fact I emphatically believe in having a funeral or a memorial or a service so those who didn't get to have one last year during COVID I believe you should try and have some sort of a service um in person even if it's just two or three people and you zoom everybody else in whatever it might be um I believe it's a blueprint to start the grief process but it's actually about celebrating people's life and it's the first line of my first book where I say you know I don't want people to mourn that I'm gone like obviously I want them to be sad I mean they better be sad or I'll come back and kick their asses um but I want them to celebrate whatever time they had me so even if they had me for 39 now uh moving on um but even if you know it's tomorrow and you and jeff you and i were talking about this like none of it's guaranteed like it could happen to any of us tomorrow and i'm sorry it's just it's it's not ageist it, it doesn't just look for the old and the they've lived their life and so i'd rather people celebrate 39 years that they had me and equally on top of that every single person i usually say 90 percent but honestly i've not found one person who has actually said 
oh no no I I I don't want people to um, celebrate my life no 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 I just want them to you know mourn that I'm not there anymore and I just want them to be miserable and I've not met one person like yes people are being yeah, sometimes they're funny and they're like oh yeah well I want you know dramatics and you know tears yeah. and whatever and I'm like well even that in itself is a celebration of your life you know you want that yeah. you're very specific so um so yeah I, it's it's I've evolved um and actually I did a radio show back home in Ireland where uh, it was a couple of years ago where the lady said she was like it's interesting you really entered into this funeral community and you you have just evolved and I have but at the same time, the ethos has still been the same the entire way through. It's about celebrating the life of our loved ones because every single one of us are unique. That was what my TED talk was about. You know, it's about how special and unique each one of us are. Our heartbeats are different. Like, it's incredible when you start to get into how unique each human being is. I just, my mind is blown. So we're lucky to be alive. And honestly, then we're lucky to die in a sense. We're lucky to have had even the moments that we've had alive. And so why not celebrate them? So. Sure. And, you know, Jennifer, it's interesting because, again, you've been preaching this mantra or that's been, uh, rather than that, it's been your passion. Mm-hmm. That's where you've been, you know, right? So it's, it's not something that you're doing because, you know, this is my vocation. You're doing it because you're passionate about it. You know, just like all of us have our passion about anything that we're involved with. Hopefully, if it's a job, then it's not a passion. And yeah. so, you know, I find it fascinating. You made, you know, a couple of remarks there, especially with COVID last year, that um, just because it was prevented, that's just the way it was, and you didn't have a choice. But people are starting to come back around and have second services and or, or ha- celebrating the life versus the service itself. And mm-hmm. I think that's a grand idea. I know, Ryan, uh, you've had some pieces on that and thought about it. And so, you know, from a funeral home's perspective, why don't we, you know, kind of unpack what would you do now? You know, so I had a hundred deaths during COVID last year. You know, what are some of the ideas to reach back out and say, hey, you know, I'm glad we served you. It was a tough time. Would you be interested in creating some type of celebration of life? Is that inappropriate to do so? Uh, I'm assuming that's aimed at me. So, <laughs> um, yes. So I, I absolutely believe it's appropriate um, because as a funeral director in a community, that's who you're serving is your community. And so, you know, it's not like, it depends on how it's dressed up, Jeff, to be honest. I'm not a fan of, you know, the sales calls that a lot of funeral homes do. And I'll never forget back home in Ireland when I found a coupon in a newspaper for a funeral. I was like, this is just yeah, so wrong. It's a pizza. If it happens over the weekend, you get a discount. I, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. So it, it does, it depends on how it's dressed up. And I'm sure Ryan can talk to this. You know, he's the marketing guru, especially when it comes to online. But, you know, even as, as you guys have seen, online has evolved dramatically and even more so in the last year and a half it's i mean us even doing the zoom we actually did it back back then i think it was like four or five years ago we did our first one but this is the norm now this is how you meet people i mean jeff you and i were having drinks you know practically like it's just it's it's different you know i was telling you about how you know having chats with my dad and you know how that's become just the norm now because this is what we do so if you really have to 
one of the biggest things that I um, promote in my business is meet people where they're at. So I am sick to death of hearing in a funeral home, I'm sorry for your loss, my condolences. I can't stand when they say that to families. Now, I get it. I do. I get it. It's inbred in us as human beings, but I can't stand it because it's so generic and it means nothing. And it's like when you go up to Starbucks or McDonald's and they're just like, you know, what's your order? And they ream off a spiel. I was only on a sales call last night and I had to stop her. I was like, stop, stop selling at me. You need to meet people where they're at. Um, and so, you know, if that's throwing a fundraiser in the community, if it's um, having a Broadway night or having a comedy night or some, some sort of something where you sponsor it and maybe you just have somebody there present who talks about the new memorial or, you know, maybe there's something that says if you've lost somebody during COVID and want to talk we're here for you, having a grief counsellor there. There's so many different ideas and it's all about just marketing, but meeting people where they're at. Nobody likes to be sold at, nobody. People buy from people. And if you are not there for them, and if you, during those hundred families that you had during COVID, if you didn't show up for that family, yeah, more than likely they are going to probably turn you down if you try and ring up with a hard ass sales call. Um, but if you were there for them and you empathize with them in a real human connecting way, the chances are when you ring up and you say, hey, Mary, um, listen, how are you doing? And just start off with that. Maybe start it off with just a phone call of how are you doing? Okay, and ended with, if there's anything I can do, anything at all, if you're thinking of having a certain, and it, it can be just a slight little nugget that you just leave at the end of the conversation. You don't need to seal the, you know, it's it's taking the profit and the, the sales call out of what we do. Because unfortunately, yes, is it a business? Yes, it absolutely is. But it's about human beings. And mm -hmm. much like if you went into a hospital and they started suddenly, you know, maybe you to get your, I don't know, a tooth out. And then all of a sudden a plastic surgeon shows up and is like, well, while we're in there, do you want us to add, you know, your bum cheek yeah. up into your eyeball or whatever they do these days? You know, you'd be like, what? It's, it's, it's just about human beings. And that's really, you know, I think we've, I don't think we've lost that. Like I'm, I'm so pro the funeral community, but I think the media hound the funeral community on the inhumane parts of it and I think it's up to us to just constantly show up as human beings and that's really honestly that's the essence of my business well and that's something Ryan I'd like for you to speak on is is just being a presence in the community and even you know even putting social media out hey if you lost a loved one have you thought about mm -hmm. you know some of those things not being a hard sell my if you don't mind speaking on that Ryan yeah I mean 100 percent I, I love what you just said people to people and and that's one of the things we call p2p marketing we never talk to our funeral home clients or supplier clients it's not b2b it's not b2c it's it's people to people And when you can provide value and build relationship as the foundation then the other things happen naturally from that conversation and you know we have seen through social media where there's conversation starters and that's really what it takes a lot of the time is just to start the conversation consumers don't expect it from the funeral home because they've got preconceived ideas of how funeral homes market and how they push so when a conversation comes into play and they're actually communicating back and forth on a two-way street with the funeral home there's a comfort that wasn't there before um and so i i, I agree with you 100 it, it's people to people it's building a relationship and it's starting the conversation and presenting an idea 
versus presenting a sales tactic. And I think that that's something I, I would love for you to, to address, Jennifer, because a lot of the conversation that, that we have in my prior life on the, on the vault side, and we would talk about personalization and memorialization with funeral homes. Yeah. My consumer is never going to pay for that. That just isn't. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't know. My consumer is different. And, um, we've proven time and time again, when given the opportunity that that's not true, it's not every family, but it's not, it's not always true. So, um, you're doing planning. Can you give us a, a, a peek into that ecosystem of, um, you know, what's different about what you're doing versus just the traditional service? Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the most important things to, to touch on in this is, you know, and I've just spent like my last rant resisting it, but it is money. And in terms of that's our families. Um, so one of the things I know for sure, when they see the funeral director ringing them is, oh God, sales pitch. It's like when you walk into a store and you see the associate, hi, is there anything I can help you? And you're just like, oh my God, I don't have the money. Go away quick, you know, and you immediately just close up. Um, and so again, it comes back to my, the idea of meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. So if you've got that family and they're absolutely devastated and still brokenhearted and they never got to have a service and, you know, you, you are well aware that they can't afford your services. Um, and, and that's, I guess, entirely up to you as well as to your clientele. And that's your business, you know, your business is your business. But you can still meet people where they're at. There's still ways for you to help people. Um, and it might not, it might just get you karma points. It might just get you good kudos points. Um, and it might just get you a couple of hundred dollars. Um, and that's just it. But for example, I mean, I obviously have just said, you know, I work with Frankie Campbell's, which is, you know, one of the most expensive funeral homes in the country. Um, it's what I keep calling the Chanel of funeral homes, although I think I've been told that I'm not cool anymore because apparently Chanel are not that as great as <laughs> to me that's like the, the Chanel okay um so I need to upgrade on my branding but there's still ways to help people they might not have the budget of millions and millions or hundreds of thousands and um, sure have I done um memorials for 150,000 I have but could I do one for 1500 I absolutely could and so what it entails is really just gathering people together so you need to sit down and decide what it is dream dream the dream sit down and go okay if I was to do this memorial the way I want to do it for my dad what would that look like sit down put that on paper have a glass of wine do whatever you have to do, do it with your brother do it with your sister do it with your mother do it with whoever is you feel is involved sit down brain stormers throw it all down on a piece of paper sleep on it and then come back to it okay where can we be creative so for example you know one of the things I did at the start of the year was um create a movie we literally did a movie instead of having a funeral service we had a memorial movie where it was like a, this is your life and we interviewed this gentleman's um, his friends, his colleagues, his siblings, we interviewed them, we took snippets of his story, we took snippets of video we could find, we went into the archives, we took photos, we put a movie together, a 30 minute movie, and it was incredible, absolutely incredible, Hollywood, if you're calling, I'm ready, I'm ready for the call, I'm joking, um, but it was absolutely incredible, did it cost a lot of money, it did, and I thought to myself, right, but what if, like, what if I wanted to do something like that? You know, like, let's be honest, I'm certainly not rolling in it. 
And I thought I could definitely do it. I would just have to be a little bit more hustly and I would just have to figure it. But there's so much technology. And again, Ryan, I'm not into you, but like there's so many free apps out there, especially since COVID. There are so many slideshow design apps. There are so many movie design apps. Apple itself, like it's inbuilt into your phone, the iMovie. There are so many free opportunities out there for you to, yes, is it not going to look as seamless and as polished as, you know, a $100,000 movie or whatever it might be? Sure, but it's it's not about that. And that's really what the essence of every memorial I do comes down to is, does this represent the person, the person that everybody has lost and the person that they're there to celebrate the life of? Whatever that can look like. Um, and so, the, yeah, there are there are loads of different ways to incorporate. Zoom has obviously opened up a complete free opportunity for you to engage with everybody all over the world. Can you do it yourself? Yes, you can. Can you hire in professionals if you can afford it? Yes, you can. And so it's about taking all of these options, um, putting a price tag on them and then seeing, OK, well, who in the family can help with this? Is there a videographer? <laughs> Is there a singer? Is there a musician? And honestly, I'm a celebrant as well. And one of the things um, when I'm in my celebrant role um, with a family is trying to get them to incorporate as many of their family members as possible. Now, can, you know, that have its faults as well? Absolutely, because then World War Three breaks out amongst families. Right. But here's where it comes to, but do you have the budget? So sure, if you don't have the budget, there are things that sometimes you just have to put up with or you have to just skip over or maybe not have it look as polished. But in the in the end of it, you can absolutely achieve the same goal. And I think that's really what it's about. So sure. And Jennifer, um, the way to reach you to chat about this, because I'm sure there's some funeral directors listening right now that may say, you know what, uh, help me out. You know, certainly you do consulting and all that uh, Muldowney memorials. Right. Yep. We have to put that mm -hmm. up here so they can see it. But, uh, you know, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I went through a personal tragedy and that's what, you know, we were sharing about. And it was, it was a wonderful, I'm happy and excited talking about my son's funeral. Did he die and I hate it? Yes. But the, the way we celebrated his life was right on point. You know, and I remember at the funeral home when we were meet with families, we tell them, you know, we're not here um, because your loved one died. We're here because they lived. Yeah. And you know, yeah, you can use that. Jen I just saw Jennifer's go. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> so we'll negotiate how that works out. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> folks, uh, if you want some good advice and just to chat with somebody that really knows how to throw a party, um, reach out to Jennifer at Mold Downey Memorials. Um, you're on LinkedIn. That's how we've always stayed connected. And uh, certainly we look forward to see some of the things that comes on. You know, it, it'll be interesting. You also have a podcast still, correct? It's coming out. Yes, it's been slow. We've, yeah, it's, it's slow because of my lack of self-esteem, which is shocking. But I actually am going to do a whole, I know I'm going to do a whole episode on that because yeah, it's, 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 been a, it's been an adventure. It's been a trip. But yeah, it is coming out. So hopefully coming out for my birthday in two weeks. So. All right, good. Well, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that one too. How about that? Thank anyway, you. thanks for coming on and sharing with us. And uh, you're always a welcome friend and guest. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. You know, Jeff, here's the thing that I love. Like, I love it when people can think big and there's like nothing is off limits. And that's that's Jennifer. When a family comes to her, there's there's no limit to what can be done or what can be celebrated, whether it's very, very small or 
a massive, massive gathering. And, you know, I think that we get in mindsets sometimes that limit our thinking of what a family wants or what a family is willing to do because we put restrictions on just the way that we think and we, we cap it. So um, kudos to Jennifer for, for carving out a niche and, and, and really, I love what she says of meeting the consumer where they're at. And that's something that, that we don't do very often. We think that we do, but we don't do it to the extent that we should be. I agree. Well, Ryan, we're uh, creeping up on Memorial Day of 2021. I'm headed down to the Outer Banks of North Carolina to visit with family and enjoy that a little bit. You guys are staying here in Scottsdale area? We are. We're uh, going to be packing up some moving trucks to go to a new rental. So uh see weekend <laughs> doing that. Good. Yeah. 102. Let me know how you like that, buddy. You're yeah. Doing right. <laughs> anyway, hey, uh, it's always a pleasure on here. Um, we'll reconnect next week. We've got some folks lined up to come to us that are really interesting uh, within our business, like Jennifer, that we typically don't see. So mm -hmm. I'm excited for our guests line up in the next two to three weeks. Absolutely. All right, Commander. Until next time, have a great effing week. Out here. Get you out.